1: Everyone likes to be a part of the winning team. And so when we ask the question, why church, it's easy to come up with the answer. Everybody wants to be a part of the winning team, as we'll see next. Why church? Why belong to church? Why be a part of the body of Christ? Well, one of the answers can be found here in Ephesians chapter 5, verses 22 and 23, where we see what God thinks of the church, why it's so important to Him. And to be a part of the church is to be a part of God's plan, which, as we all know, is a sure deal, the real deal. Welcome to Truth For Today with Pastor Phil Howard. From Valley Bible Church in Hercules, we're looking at the question, Why Church? The answer, out of Ephesians chapter 5. Here's Pastor Phil with today's program.
2: Years ago when we were at the hall where we began, we had some kind of, we used to have family, we called them family business meetings, but sometimes business meetings can be all business and little family. Uh, And so there was some hot issue. I don't know what it was. And, and if you'll watch yourself most of the issues you're fighting over today give yourself a few years you'll forget the issue you'll forget the issue uh, can't think of what the issue was but I assumed it was going to be a hot issue and I was afraid we'd be a divided church whatever that issue was and uh, uh, I just that night I said Do you know what uh, I think in those days maybe a Phil Ross or something he he was better at Robert's rules and order he would conduct the meeting but I I set a uh, chair on the platform I said I know we have some hot issues we're going to discuss tonight but I just want you to know the chairman of this meeting is the invisible Christ who sits in the chair don't say or do anything that contradicts him He's, he owns this place He's the boss, not the elders, not the pastor, not the pope, Jesus. And the only way we know what Jesus' authority is, is he has said some things that he's told us to follow. But let me ask you, do you live your life under the awareness that God has given you direction, given you guidance? giving you someone in the glory that knows how to get dumb sheep to the destination he has for you. He's the head. He's the brains of this outfit. He's the decision making. He doesn't need a vote. He's already won it. He's got the office by way of the grave and by way of resurrection. He is the boss of the church. You might belong to a church. He's not the boss. I'd recommend find another church. I wouldn't go to the church that I didn't think Jesus got his way. Now that doesn't mean he won't have a bunch of flawed sheep because you all are flawed just like me. Don't look for a perfect church because you'll ruin it the moment you join. (laughs) There is no such thing. In this life. But he is the head. And he says I will give direction. I, I will distribute spiritual gifts. I will distribute the Holy Spirit. I'll make a difference in you. Me. I'll cause your church to grow or not grow. See uh, when we grow we, it's quick to say we're doing something right. We got a method that we can lay the claim. Maybe it's the head of the church that I will add to you. He said that in Acts 2, he added to the day, to the church daily, such as should be saved. Hey, only he does the real addition. We can get a crowd, maybe, and maybe not, but the head, the living head, you are under you are under him, this gracious, loving Savior, is the head of your life now. Because we are dummies. We are sheep in need of shepherding. You don't know how to get there. You were in a mess most likely when he found you. Don't start telling him how to lead you. He will lead you. He will watch over you. Two, he said he loves his church. Husbands, love your wives just like Christ loved the church. And he gave himself It is amazing how people who love you interpret you versus your critics. I mean, uh, I had a pastor that's going through a rough time and and he just used one day, he told me, he said, you know what, if you film my week and you show the week to my mother... Versus showing it to my critics. He said, my critics would give you about 10 things about that week. They see this fault. They don't like that. My mother would just say, what a wonderful son. (laughs) What changes? The information, same information, different interpretation. Love covers a multitude of sin. Where uh, love is thin, faults are thick. According to 1 Corinthians 13, love does not keep a record of wrongs suffered. Love is patient. I would rip that out if I could. Uh, Love is kind. Uh, Love is gentle. All of this is what it acts. He said Jesus Christ loves his church. Matter of fact, he told the the Laodiceans, I am rebuking you. I'm going to spew you out of my mouth. And I'm going to tell you, everyone I love, I correct. God's children are loved so much he corrects, trains, leads us, but he loves his church. He is not the critic of the church. He knows what's wrong with it. He knows when we lose first love. He knows when we tolerate Jezebel. He knows all the sins of the seven churches and he prescribes change do this. So he's not blind to our faults and he tells us what we ought to do to correct them. But just know You belong to a person who loves you. And he said, my major proof is I died for you. I've already paid a price to make you. What would you feel about something? that's why mother love, I think, might be unique in human love. Because to have a baby... To go through the nine months pregnancy. To go through the childbirth process. To do the nursing. To do the diaper change. I'm telling you. uh, The women have a major investment in a life. Major. I'm not saying men don't. But they've been in so many cultures. Where the men know how to get her pregnant. But they're not there for much more. And she that's why you think of mother love of that enfolding, nurturing affectionate, it's why so many men, the most tender moments mama, you know, haggard saying, mama tried, mama tried but I'm serving time but she tried There's some, and here Jesus is saying, uh, church church, church you belong to someone that loves you I love the church I gave my life for the church. Why don't you? Do you love it? Are you a critic of it? And the critics are usually the non participating. They can be the ones that want to be served and are not. I find those who are our greatest servants are our least critical. They're always trying to correct, improve, do whatever they can. Where do you fit in God's church? You're under the control and the guidance of a loving, loving head. What a savior he is! Now, what's he plan to do with the church? I just make number three that uh, he says, "I am going to clean up the church." I'm always having to clean the church. First uh, John one seven, his blood continually is. Cleansing us from all sin. And here he says. That he to make her holy. Is his goal. And he's cleansing her by the washing with water. And the water here. Is likened to his word. So that. uh, Regeneration being born again. In Titus 3 is taking a bath. He says. God makes you. Washes you clean from all your sins. But. It's quite interesting how much dirt you pick up while walking through the world. Yep. Uh, you remember Peter, he wanted the Lord to give him a bath. And, and the Lord knew he had a bath. So you don't need a bath. You just need your feet washed. Because your feet get dirty walking through this world. You need to be born again, but you will still get dirty in this world. You'll be around a lot of things that will soil, a lot of things that can poison the mind. The images are coming at us all the time. You're walking. I had a friend who lived in India. He said the worst thing was having to always dodge human feces to get into his office. He said it was filthy where he lived. Uh, People used everywhere. Everywhere, every place they wanted was the restroom. So he said just to manage hygiene and to get around to where, Go to a place where there's no showers. Go to a place where there's no gutters. Go to a place where there's no public sanitation. Uh, in These cultures that Jesus started his church in, they were pretty dirty. Odors were bad. And he says, I'm taking a church, a people that I save, and I've taken them out of idolatry. I've taken them out of Judaism. I've taken them from some dirty, dirty places. And one of the things I will do for my people is I will begin a cleansing project. Thank you, Lord. Making them clean. I'll, I'll wash their mind. I'm going to wash their mouth out. I'm going to wash their morals. I'm going to wash their motives. I'm going to cleanse. I'm going to scrub. I'm going to scrub. I'm going to scrub. I'm going to scrub. When we lived in the projects, I think I got a bath once a week. When there's seven of us, that's a luxury. Just a tub, no showers. I don't know when I got. But I used to dread. I was a little guy. I'm second grade, maybe third. My mother, I could still hear her. Philip, did you wash your hair? Yeah. I didn't, but I I didn't want her messing with me. And she'd come in, and we hadn't, I don't think we discovered shampoo by that time, but we did bar soap. Have you ever had your hair washed with a bar of soap? Get over here. Say, Mama, this is not a washboard. She didn't, oh no, no, we're going to get this, boom. I want to be dirty. Leave me alone. You won't be. You represent me. A lot of times you say to boys, it's bad have you showered? And I said, why do you need to shower? It's been a week. I'm always saying to my grandchildren, have you brushed your teeth? I mean, to have halitosis at eight is bad. But, you know, they get to going. they got to be taught how to be clean. How to be clean. How to. Get... And Jesus says, I just want you to know I'm going to be the cleansing agent to you. I'm going to cleanse you And my soap will be my word. And James said that. We'll behold him in his word. And he shows us where we're blemished. And he says. You need to stand there long enough. Don't take a casual glance. If you read James 2. He says some just look in the mirror. I'm alright. No you don't know. You don't stay in it long enough. To see you're not alright. Just hang out. Keep looking. You aren't that clean. Are you looking? Has the word. He said it's a critic. It's an x-ray. It's an x-ray. I just had a CT scan. Put dye in me. Oh yeah. We'll we'll, we'll find things in there. Your doctor hasn't found. Because we got powerful, powerful rays. That are going to read what's going on in your body. And the word of God is an x-ray machine. It 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 actually takes an X ray of your motives, your intents, your attitudes. It does all of that, and Jesus said, "I want to scrub out that attitude. Oh, you grew up being a racist. I want to scrub that out of you. It doesn't fit my bride." You grew up being in love with the rich. You don't have any use for poor people. You know what I mean? You don't have, you're not broad enough in your social spectrum. You're always selecting people by dress, prestige. Neighbor. When are you going to start loving people? And quit always finding what category you like. Do you love people? Don't do you love white. Do you like brown? Hey, when did you get to pick the color people God puts in your life? You're not in charge of the color scheme. You hear? If you don't like their color, you're taking on their creator. Don't mess with the creator's handiwork. God made you the color you are because he likes it. It doesn't matter if anybody else does. And he wants his people to like what he likes. That's what he does when he cleanses us. And then in this same word. He does something else. Uh, while he's scrubbing you, he's actually setting you apart. And what he's setting you apart for, he, uh, his word says he sanctifies you, sets you apart for sacred use, not just to isolate you, but he's setting you apart. John seventeen seventeen, He sanctifies us through his word, through the truth, And his word is truth. But you know why he's sanctifying you, setting you apart, setting you apart? He's planning to marry us. Uh, You all are getting ready for the greatest wedding of all time. And women and men are in the bride. That's quite a deal, isn't it, men? You've never been a bride before, but you are in the bride. Uh... And, and he said he's doing this cleansing and watch this verse 26 to make her holy cleansing her by the washing with water through the word and I love this presenting him uh, her to himself and the Greek the himself is up close in the beginning of the verse this is his project you know what I didn't do anything that I know of to prepare my girls for their wedding day Except pay the bill, and I'm still bitter about that. But uh, this project, this beautification of the church, the bride, he is to for him. He's going to present her to himself, and himself is strong in this. It's him. It's his project. I'm preparing you for my wedding day to you. I'm going to make you look like what I'm going to marry for eternity. We're headed towards the married supper of the Lamb. This formal, some way, God the Father is going to be there. And the sons, and we some way are married. The bride, he's engaged to us right now. And Paul said, I presented you as an engaged virgin. I'm wanting you to be pure until wedding day. So some way in all that language, metaphor, analogy, however you understand it. He says, I am preparing you for the day you and I exchange vows in front of God and angels. And I'm going to beautify you for the day. And he uses a physical bride. He said... On that day, you will be radiant. The manifest glory of God will be displayed. You'll be without stain, no spot, uh, nothing like that, or wrinkle. Uh, at first, I took that to be their garment, but uh, as I said, it, it means in your face. So the bride will look young, uh, no wrinkles. Uh, no eyelids that need to be fixed. Uh, and there will be no other blemish. But you'll look holy and blameless. And what he's doing is using physical beauty to like it. To what it will be morally and spiritually in his sight. There will be nothing you could find wrong with the bride. He'll see to it. Can you imagine that someday Jesus is going to say you are naka. You're naka. You're beautiful to me. He says that kind of language in Ezekiel 16 when he says Israel, when I found you I found you in the wilderness, nobody pitied you. I found you in the blood of afterbirth and you were ready to perish. Then he goes to verse 14 and he says I raised this girl that became beautiful. But in verse 14 he says. And you became beautiful. With the splendor I bestowed upon you. All your beauty. I gave you. I made you beautiful. Gaither years ago wrote a song. Something beautiful. Something good. All my confusion he understood. It's amazing. Where he brings people from from sin the corruption the dirt the filth of sin sin is a dirty object sin soils the soul and he said but based upon the work I do at the cross and based upon my love and my process you're going to be beautiful by that day he finally says that A husband ought to nourish and cherish his wife like Christ nourishes and cherishes his church. And the word nourish there literally is the idea of raising children. And involved in that raising is feeding, feeding them. But the idea is whatever it takes to make you grow up, I'm going to nourish you. I'm going to raise you. And he says raise children that way and Ephesians 6. But I love what it says. Raise these children and he says and cherish them while you do it. And the word uh, had the word heat f- uh, flame. And what it meant was passionate love. Then it came to be used of tenderness, affection. Probably that would be the word. Affectionately rear. Rear this child In the bonds of affection, tenderness, kindness. Probably nothing more heartbreaking than to see a child raised harshly, meanly, boxed at the store, boxed and called stupid. And my, you can just see it when you're in the marketplace. (sniffs) Boom, get out of the way. You just hear my way. Boom, boom. Oh, break your heart. You're saying that's what you do, a child takes lots of patience to raise children. I'm glad I married such a woman. That it was really good at it. I knew how to spank. But too quick. Too quick in the early days. As you get older. You don't need to spank you for everything. Sometimes they need to be embraced. And explained. One of the best things I did do. I had them set in my lap and hugged them after spankings because I didn't want to rift. I'm glad I did that. God is raising you tenderly, training you to come up and to be the kind of bride, the kind of people he wants. So I would call you to a divine perspective on church because many people have been hurt in church. They've got all kinds of images. I mean, churches have done crazy things. Congregations. I mean, they've split. They've fought. It's, but the goal is for us to act like Christ, right? And to become why? Why did he want a church? To love. To raise. To be tender. To nourish. His church. And what I'm hoping you'll find out in the weeks to come, what purpose and place he has planned for you in his church. In the people who belong to him, has he got a plan? And he definitely has a plan. And I would just say, when the church uh, is going tough times, uh, discipline maybe, uh, all the tests that come to a family of believers, just like your personal life. We go through seasons, seasons, seasons. Remember, Christ loves the church and he wants you to love it like him. Love it like him. Don't be bitter. Don't don't paint one group like him. You got to keep looking to Jesus. He is the perfect model. The rest of us are still imperfect. We're in process. Still in process.
1: 9864. Again, simply call 855 833 9864. You can also write to us at 1511 M Sycamore Avenue, Suite 278, Hercules, California. 94547 is the zip code. Now, the easiest way to get in touch with us would be through our website, truthfortodayradio.org. Now, as you stop by, you'll be able to drop us an email, but then take advantage of the many resource materials we have available, again, there at truthfortodayradio.org. You'll also be able to find out more about Valley Bible Church here in Hercules, who we are, what we believe, worship times, directions, and the like. Again, truthfortodayradio.org, or again, simply call 855-833-9864. Would you also bear in mind this radio broadcast is available through listener support. As you link arms with us financially, we are able to continue the ministry here on this radio station. So please consider that as you contact us. And then come back and join us next time for another broadcast of Truth For Today with Pastor Phil Howard.